0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another edition of the Truth Podcast with Capital Davis. Hope everyone's having a great, really uh, a great Monday. I mean, Mondays are not a very fantastic day for a lot of people out there. They're just, uh, they want to, they don't want to get back to work. I know right now a lot of people are not working because of COVID, uh, but many who are still dread Mondays. That is a real thing, um, and I I totally understand. Uh, but also, I really don't because I love working and I love always just being active, being up and getting out and just doing something, not sitting around the house, not being lazy, and you not know, just sitting on my tuft and you know waiting for something to be given to me. I want to go out and get it. I want to go out and fetch it. And that's the way you got to be. That's the way you got to go and just kind of motivate yourself. If you don't want to feel that way, if you don't naturally feel that way, inspire yourself, motivate yourself, tell yourself, I want to do this because there is a reason to do it, because there is life to be had, because there is life to be experienced. Go out there and grab it. Do not sit on a Monday and say, oh, I gotta go back to work. No, go back to work, go see your friends at work or your coworkers, go find out what they did over the weekend. I know I went to Las Vegas over the weekend. It was a lot of fun, went up with my uh, went with my brother and my sister-in-law and it was a scrumptious, dilly time. A lot of people out there in Las Vegas, they are not giving a hoot about coronavirus, they are just getting their drinks and getting their happy, fun time going. And that's on them, and, you know, it is what it is. People will not stop going to Vegas. I went last summer, too, to go visit them as well uh, around July. And same kind of thing. The Strip was a mess. There were a lot of people out there. They were maybe wearing masks, maybe not wearing masks. People not even carrying. People just, no social distancing at all. Just kind of doing the same old Las Vegas thing of we're on the Strip. We're going to have a good time. We're going to get drunk type of thing. And people were out there, and just, you know, they they were getting uh crazy i mean pretty much it's las vegas is crazy if you live in las vegas i always tell my brother this man if you live in las vegas you are you're it's like this is party city this is america's playground they call it they call it sin city as well and there's plenty of uh truth in both of those titles but it is what it is that uh, we got to go visit him and um it was a lot of fun like i said a lot to experience even though there were uh shutdowns with certain Districts or certain restaurants or certain um, areas of Las Vegas, we're just more, you know, shut down because of the virus, because of how things are right now. So, but it's still a very lively city, and um, I had a good time. We went through, we went through uh, San Bernardino, and it was snowing, raining, kind of foggy, and a little scary. We had a traffic jam about an hour and a half long, so we had to wait in the car for a good amount of time before we went to, you know, went through the whole thing of going through Esperia, went through Victorville, went through Barstow, and then you hit that long stretch to Las Vegas. But um, it was still fun. Still fun. Um, almost got lost on the way back. So shout out to my cousin Jenny, if she's listening to the podcast. Um, almost got very lost uh we almost went instead of going through the california 78 we took the 10 and we kept on going on the 10 to indio not that it would have been bad because they really liked that area indio palm springs that area really nice really chill but we were taking the wrong route so then we got off the highway and we ended up uh <laughs> going down this weird path it's a back route to mecca if you guys know where mecca is it's right before you hit indio it's right above like just north of the salton sea So, but it was a little creepy because it was just this one road that goes through these mountains and there were no people out there. We had no service on our phones. So my music stopped playing in the car. It's a brand new Honda Civic and it stopped playing in the car. And I was like, Oh geez, like, okay, this is kind of creepy now. And I freaked my cousin out when I said that, but it's like, it's true. It's like, we're in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where we're at. Uh, Your GPS is acting up and we're down these mountains where God knows what could happen if we break down here, God forbid, you know? So, you know, just kind of like remaining calm, keeping all that in my head, obviously, because it's one bad thing about a fun fact for you guys. If you guys are going traveling anytime soon or just ever, um, you always want just one person freaking out. He never want everybody in the car freaked out, because then no one's thinking, no one has a level head, and no one's having a good time, and uh, right there and then, nobody was having a good time, because we did get a little lost, but I was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, we just have to keep on driving. The road was actually well paved, so I I will commend whoever... You know, Obviously, the state is in charge of that, but good job for not slacking off on that road. It's a very nice road. I would not take it again. I would not want to, especially in the dead of night, you know. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. We got back home, obviously. I'm on the show now. Uh, done with Las Vegas. Done with the weekend. Again, here on a Monday. And today, we get into the word once again on the Truth Podcast. Go follow us on Facebook at Calvin Olivas. And go follow us on Instagram at Olivas Calvin. We appreciate you guys' support throughout the entirety of this endeavor. And we really do appreciate every single one of you guys listening in and just giving God your ears. You know, these are not my messages. They're God's messages to his people. And you guys, everybody is his child. Even if they're lost, they're his children. And we have to understand that. And the more word gets out about this podcast, the more word gets out about God moving through this ministry, I believe firmly that we're going to change the world, folks. I really do. It has to be has to be a belief that you really have to, you know, pound into your heart. You really have to know that you are changing the world, and God is changing the world through you. You're not changing the world. God is changing the world through you. You are being used in the ministry, but you are not the ministry. God is the ministry flowing through you, and that is what the Truth Podcast is all about, and um, I really am very, very excited to see what God has in store for this year, for the very near future, and for whenever... Um, he, or wherever and whenever he wants to take us, whether it's in the future, five years from now or three years from now or wherever he wants to take us in terms of like location or uh, maybe he wants to start up a church. Who knows? Who knows what God has in store? Uh, obviously, God does. But all in this timing for right now, we have the podcast and I'm excited to bring another word to you guys. Uh, God has really put on my heart to speak on faith and religion or rather faith versus religion. Many times in the Christian church we've replaced God with the man whom he's created. This is certainly not a new phenomena. This kind of thing has happened since there was faith to be had in God himself. It's a tradition that stretches thousands of years and seemingly all of humanity's existence. And Christians, especially who have become used to the church setting, are at most fault and are most susceptible in falling into a culture that measures man over God. Such a culture is what we know as religion. Now, religion is a false, man-made construct, relying heavily and mainly only on the spirit of man for the governance of the will of the church. Religion borrows from faith, yet does not incorporate it fully into its teachings and doctrine. Religion seeks to bring down the greatest of men by subjugating them to rules and regulations constructed by other men whom the church has deemed powerful enough to usurp the role God is supposed to have in his church. And this runs completely counter to what 1 Corinthians 2 tells us in the fifth verse when it says that we are not to put our faith in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Religion twists the word of God by stating that there is only redemption in acts, not action. There's a difference here. It puts emphasis on display tactics, not on truth that comes from knowing Jesus and having him reform our hearts, which in turn influence our actions to turn from the natural wickedness we are prone to. Religion teaches us that we can repeat empty words, recite empty prayers without much conviction, retell stories, and not believe them, and yet still believe we're somehow saved or headed in the right direction. Religion teaches us we should sing worship songs without knowing what we're singing, or quote pastors instead of scripture. Religion is the natural enemy of God because it is the ultimate counterfeit faith, and we shouldn't be thrown off guard when we see the pervasiveness of such witchcraft in our modern times. In these last days first Timothy 4 1 says now the Holy Spirit tells the uh, tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons a very powerful words from Timothy but very true we already see this at work in the old church and indeed have probably already seen this taking place within the body of Christ the last five decades at least here in America It's been a slow but sure process, one that's rotted down the very foundation of our structure and one that God is not at all too pleased with in the least. Pastors preach from their pulpits that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he is king of your decisions, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And this is true to an extent. It's even said in the scriptures that this much is true. But the Bible also clearly states that you will know those who believe by their fruit. And my friends, we have many people in the old church that are not saved, that will never be saved because they have failed to take in the truth of the gospel and combine it with their actions. These people are mute to the Spirit, unmoved by the wavering force of God because they're blinded in their belief that saying the right thing is the best thing you can do for God. They fail to recognize that God is a God of words, yes, but also a God of action before anything else. Genesis 1, 1 tells us that when God spoke, there was action that followed. Word has followed action, always. And if we are striving to be like Him, we must not only take this reality into account, but believe it as firm doctrine, because it is, and apply it in our daily living. In the old church, we have weathered a phenomena that was prophesied in 2 Timothy 4, 3, 4, where Timothy says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears... They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You take a look around the American church, and while you see the accuracy in Timothy's words, there are people who will hop from church to church till they find that one that isn't preaching truth, isn't preaching repentance, isn't preaching justice with mercy, and they seek out the watered-down sermons we so often preach about on this podcast— These people lust after material possessions and don't want to see such possessions wither away if they are to believe in Christ. They are like the rich man in Mark Mark 17, who asked Jesus what he would have to do to enter the kingdom of God. I'm sorry, well, really, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, uh, same thing. And didn't like the response Jesus gave when our Lord told him he would have to leave his earthly living and follow him into eternity. So many false believers proclaim they know God, yet their heart is far removed from His will, and yet they wonder why their marriages are less sturdy than those select marriages of worldly couples, or why their faith isn't as strong as it used to be. These warnings were given by Timothy for people in this time, witnessing the climactic events of this unbelieving generation. The old church has been rotted down at the core by pastors who believe money is the root of their success. Or that somehow God works favors by giving you more money. So many church leaders think they're being blessed because so much money is pouring in. And according to their rationale, that must mean God is blessing them. Well, I laugh at these fools because they call themselves teachers but have learned nothing from what they preach. And in this, they demonstrate their true religious nature. God is blessing us always. And these leaders should know this. Through the good and bad, our God is always blessing us. He isn't on hiatus when he's putting you through rough times. But many false Christians believe this much. They start moaning, oh, God doesn't love me, or God has abandoned me. or They're not realizing God's greatest works are through the roughest patches of our existence. And they start putting God on the shelf until it's convenient. My friends, convenience is the friend of the devil. He believes in rituals when it's convenient for him, like the pastors he has used to corrupt the church. God is speaking to these phony pa- the these preachers, these men of false doctrine and religion, and they know that he is not blind. He sees the perversion that they've caused in the name of religion in this church, the poison they brought into his holy body, and he is angered with a wrath no one can quell. And now I mentioned religion is the counterfeit faith. So what is faith? Well, faith is the belief one garners when they put their whole trusting power and emphasis on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is the belief that God is in all things and God is all things. It is the founding principle of everything that comes after you have an encounter with the living God. Hebrews 11.1 one states it like this. It says, um, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It is security when every other standard of living is thrown out the window. When your job informs you you're getting laid off. When your spouse tells you they're leaving you. When friends tell you they're no longer uh, liking the person you've become. It is faith that is our anchor through the storm, the only tool that can help us weather such terrible circumstances and still have us come out victorious on the other side. It is faith that guides us through the valley of the shadow of death, for we know Our Lord is with us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Faith is not half-hearted. It isn't something you dip into every now and then when it's convenient, like I said, when people are looking or aren't looking. It isn't just reserved for Sunday mornings. It isn't something you practice sometimes. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 states, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is supposed to be as natural to us as seeing. It is constant belief, a constant mode of thinking in every situation. It's asking for renewed energy, reinvigorated purpose every single day. Just like you use your eyes to know where you're going and what you're doing and who you're speaking to from one minute to the next, so it is the same with faith. Faith is to be so much a part of what we stand for as Christians that it is not to be found outside of us at any moment in time. Some pastors preach that doubt is good, and such pastors are too empathetic to the human condition. To doubt your faith is to doubt God, and therefore call into question the only being in the world that truly matters in the end. Such an act is blasphemy against the God of the universe, and there is terrible judgment coming on those pastors who preach that it's okay to doubt. And faith, again, I reiterate, is dead on arrival in the presence of God if it is not backed up with works. James tells us uh, this much in the second chapter of his letter when he says, starting in the 14th verse, uh, again, James 2.14, follow me if you're, if you're reading along. It says, What is it, profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace be warmed and filled but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body what does it profit thus also by it, faith by itself if it does not have works is dead again thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead folks we cannot be going through the motions We cannot be saying we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and act totally counterintuitive to that narrative. Run totally in the opposite direction of what we're saying. We can't have our mouth saying something that our brain doesn't believe, and vice versa. We have to be in line with God all the time. I know faith is a very tough thing for a generation that loves saying things. We're all about the views. We're all about going on Twitter, and seeing what's going on, what's trending right now. We're all about going on Facebook and checking out the posts that people put up. Seeing things, seeing things. But what does the Bible say? Again, faith works like your site does. If you see things, you also have to have faith in seeing more things. You have to believe that even, the, what did Hebrews 11 1 say? Faith is having the courage to believe that Good will come out of your situation. The future is bright, even though you don't see it yet. God is paving a way for you somehow, some way. There will be trials and tribulations, but he has overcome the world. Faith is knowing that he has overcome the world, that you don't have to worry about the little things. So many in our generation right now, especially Generation Z, I'm talking to you guys primarily, depression, anxiety, suicide, up through the roof, not even, I mean, before COVID. This was a major problem. We knew that. Depression rates for adolescents, anxiety rates for adolescents, suicide rates for adolescents. We're going through the roof. Why? Because we are a generation that fails to believe. We fail to have faith. We fail to not treat our faith like sight. We believe in our sight, but we don't treat our faith like it is sight. The Bible instructs us very clearly that we should behave in a way where our faith is like our sight, guiding us in every which direction. And many times I find in the church, especially in the old church, we have people that proclaim and they boast and they shout from the top of their mouths that, you know, Oh, I, I love my God and Jesus is Lord and this and that. But their hearts are far removed from him. They, these people are Pharisees. They believe in religion. They believe in the law. Right? But they don't have God in their hearts. They're not true Christians. Again, it says, You will know them by their fruits. My friends, right now, we have a lot of Christians that pretend to be one thing and are really another. They are what we call wolves in sheep's clothing among us, trying to create more wolves, trying to stir the pot, right? Trying to be in all the gossip and all the drama at church. Because where there are people, there is drama, and where there is drama, people that love drama will be around those people and around that drama. That's how that goes. It's cyclical. It's, it's a circle, you know, and that's how it works, and I think right now we have especially a lot of people in the church who have lost their way, particularly, again, pastors, and I always sit on pastors on this show because you guys should know better. There's no excuse. You guys supposedly read your Bibles. Supposedly, you're so close to God, you're living for Him. You're getting paid for this much. Through donations, through tithing, right? And what's it good for if you're just acting like everybody else? Oh, they're human, other they're flawed. No, that is not an excuse. You were called to a higher purpose, so carry that mantle. Be up on that mantle. Carry that cross. Don't do this whole thing where, oh, no, we have to have mercy. You know who's not going to have mercy on you? God, on the day of judgment. Because he's going to ask you what you did with his sheep, what you did with his flock, and what's your response going to be? Oh, I was just human. Yeah, he knew that already, but he called you to a higher purpose and you didn't respond to it. And many of you act selfishly, act greedily, act ambitiously and not for God. Ambitiously for your own ambition. You guys act on your own instincts, on your own nature, when you should be acting in faith when you should be acting for God's will and not your own. You're hypocrites. And it is so sickening. That's why people don't believe in religion. That's why people don't believe in Catholicism or Christianity. Because you guys, the face of the church, have failed God and failed him deeply, failed him miserably, atrociously. It's, it's embarrassing. And God is embarrassed to have you working on his behalf. This is my servant? No. Really? I mean, I wouldn't want to be proud of that. God is not proud of you guys for spewing these lies in his church, for proclaiming these these false doctrines in his church, for spewing this false religion in his pews. What's going on with our church? What has happened with our church? Why are you saying it's okay to be gay and be a Christian? Why are you saying it's okay to be trans and a Christian? Why are you saying it's okay to kill babies and be a Christian? You take God for a fool? You think God's an idiot? That's what you guys do with your actions. That's what I see. That's what I've heard every single time I've been in a church. It's like these pastors, they they think like they're fooling God. You're not fooling God. You guys are fools and you're only fooling yourselves. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. You cannot fool him. So why do you act like you can just fool him? Like you just get away with it? Oh, I'm so smooth. Oh, you're so smooth until you end up in hell. Then it's like, oh gosh, oh man, what happened? I thought I was doing the right thing. No, well, you thought wrong. You weren't even thinking. You must be self-aware as a Christian. You must check yourself daily as a Christian. What am I doing wrong? What can I correct? And not be neurotic. Neurotic is and checking yourself are two different things. Neurotic is you're always having negative emotions. You're having negative affect. It's affecting you negatively. Don't be that way, okay? That's not a very good thing. Uh, it's where depression comes from, where anxiety comes from, that, that, that type of thing. No. I'm saying check yourself as a Christian. Check yourself, what can I improve on? What did I do well yesterday? Okay, and what can I work on today? There you go. We don't have any of that in this church anymore. We don't have any of that. We have a bunch of people who lie to themselves, who tell themselves they're Christians, while they come and pervert the doctrine, while they come and pervert the Spirit of God in this church, while they throw God's Spirit out of the church. Don't tell me you're a Christian, and then you do that. You're not a Christian. You're a phony. You know it. We all know it. God knows it especially. And the devil knows it. And he's using you to manipulate the church to his will, not to God's. So to those Christians who want to play church and want to play religion, yeah, that's that's cute. That's fine. Get out of my church. This is my church. This is God's church. This is the Christian church. (laughs) This is not the false Christian church. This is the Christian church. You want to go play patty cake somewhere else? Go do it. But this is not a place where you come and fool around with eternity. Because that's what you're doing. You're mocking eternity. You're mocking God. You're mocking the idea of God. You're sick. And you guys have totally disgusted God, corrupted his vision for what the church should be. And don't worry, because his vision is, is for a new church is coming. Like I said, it's on the rise. It's here already. And this idea that you've you've tried to manipulate it to whatever you want it to be, that's going to come to an end pretty soon. There will be justice in God's church, in God's house. He will not let this injustice stand. He will not let the enemy come in and take the joy of those Christians who are working so hard to be good Christians, to work in their faith, to work on their faith. He will not allow that to stand when you guys come in there and just muck everything up. No, you won't have it. You know why? Because God is a God of justice, God is a God of wrath, and God is a God of judgment. And he will judge and, oh man, he will just lay into every single one of you guys. I kid you not. You guys think I'm, you guys think I'm joking around? My God is not a joke. My God is not a joke. <laughs> you guys must have the wrong God. This whole fluffy, duffy God that you guys have made up in your heads to make yourselves feel better while you guys swindle his people. You guys swindle that money away for your own greedy ambitions. Don't worry. God's coming for you. And God knows and God has account for every single one of you guys who proclaims you're doing his will while you guys pervert his people. And you just act like the devil in the church. Saying things that aren't true but making them sound good. Making sin sound like it's okay. Go back to that whole gay transgender thing. What's going on in the church? And I bring that up so much because it's so obvious that it is so wrong and yet we're being taught that this is okay now. This is the new normal. Keep on hearing that term, right? Um, Especially around here with the COVID and everything. But there is no new normal with God. There is no turning the page for the Bible in terms of getting rid of the Old Testament. I heard a pastor recently, a very famous pastor, Andy Stanley, um, he said that we should get rid of the Old Testament. What's that about? Why do we need that? Why should that be a thing? Why is Andy Stanley proclaiming as, as as a son of Charles Stanley, why is he saying that? Because the devil is using people like him with progressive preaching, progressive pastors, progressive ministers. He's using people like that to weaken the church, to water it down even more. How do we we know where the New Testament came from if we don't have the Old Testament? (laughs) That's just stupid. That's so stupid. It's it's a stupid idea, too, to proclaim that, oh, Old Testament's for, for the Jews. No, not true. Old Testament was the law. Jesus came, and only half of the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. So we need both sections. And we have pastors saying that. We have pastors saying it's okay to be gay in the church and be Christian. It's okay to have drag queens preaching uh, story time of the Bible. (laughs) Like, dude, who do you guys think you're fooling? Who do you guys think? I heard a friend recently, actually just last night, he's, he's gay. And he said to me, you know, I said, how do you, you're Catholic. So how do you go about reconciling the fact that you're gay and that you proclaim to be a Catholic? And he said to me, well, you know, I think that, uh, he didn't really, I mean, he kind of, his response sucked, you know, really sucked. Uh, but he said that, um, this is how he said it too. It's kind of like, well, um, I mean, they say like, like, you know how the Bible was written a long time ago and how things change. That's like, a really bad defense. It's like. Bad defense number one for the Bible. Well, times change. Yeah, you know what a, what a simple defense for the Bible is? The Bible doesn't change. God doesn't change. He's constantly changing things, but he doesn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. That's what the Bible says. So this whole idea of, well, things are changing. The culture is changing. Well, God doesn't change with the culture. And the culture does not dictate who God is. What is this stupid thinking among Catholics and Christians, among everybody really, seculars especially, but this idea that, well, God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. Yes, he's loving and yes, he's merciful. We're not talking about that. You guys make it sound like he's just like one halfway, like, oh, he's just merciful. No, he's not. He's merciful, yes, but he's not all merciful. He's merciful. Like he's wrathful. He's gracious, like he's judgmental. (laughs) That's why he made hell. He cannot exist with sin. Sin is so low grade, and God sees it as so low grade. If you attach yourself to sin, he also sees you as low grade because you're attached to sin. People may say, well, that's not very nice of you to say. That's what it is. At the end of the day, (laughs) I'm sorry. If you want to roll around in the mud, You can't say, I'm not dirty. Afterwards. You know, no. You gotta take a shower. But now we have Christians who roll around in the mud, come to church dirty, and say it's okay to be dirty. (laughs) Like, no, that's not how that goes at all. That's not how that goes. You're mocking God. You're mocking the scriptures. You're mocking his word. You're mocking my Lord. You're mocking what I have grown up with. What I have known to be true. And you're trying to twist it to your truth. This is not a freaking Calvin Klein commercial. (laughs) This isn't hashtag my truth. This is God's truth. God's will, God's way. If you don't like it, stop pretending to be a Christian and get out of the church. I highly encourage you. I highly implore you, especially pastors. But you won't. You won't because you like to put on the show. It'd be embarrassing for you, right, to not be in church because, oh, you know, what would the family think? Because we were just telling them how we were so good in church and we were just so involved, right? There's a lot of you Christians out there like that. Always thinking about what everybody else is thinking about, what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is going with. And that's where you've lost sight of God. You're thinking about everybody else. No one cares about how many times you shout hallelujah when you're singing a worship song. No one cares that you're going up to the altar and making a big show. No one cares. No one cares. God cares that you mean it. Action without worth behind it is nothing. Faith without works is dead. But only faith and only works. Well, that's not true. You have to have faith and works, both working together. And we have a lot of Christians out there, unfortunately, and like I said, especially pastors who do not get the memo. And if they do, they ignore it and they ignore it willfully. I mean, obviously you ignore things. You ignore them knowing that you're ignoring them, right? You're just not, oh, I didn't know that. It's like, no, you just chose to ignore it. You chose to put it off. You chose to think that God was an idiot. And don't worry, people like you end up in hell. It may sound harsh, and that, that's how it is. And this goes for me too. I, 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 this goes for everybody who's a Christian. You cannot, you will not make it into heaven if you're thinking God is a fool. The scripture says God is not mocked. God is not mocked. <laughs> And I, I really just love how that sounds. It's like, who do you think you're fooling? You know? Like, this man is this man. Well, people think he's a man. It's, it's God. God is a being. God is everything. God is... I mean, he made every single one of us in his image, so that tells you everything. But this being, he's made everything. He's completely... I mean, talk about... He's. He's the universe... He's everything outside the universe. He's everything in the universe. He's everything under the universe. Everything. So he made you. He doesn't think. He's not looking at you right now when you're committing sin. When you're going on a porn site. Right? When you're cheating on your wife or on your husband. When you're mouthing off to your parents. He doesn't just. Oh, he he just ignores that. He he doesn't see it. Oh, God didn't catch me then. Like, who who do we think we're fooling? This man. I said it again. (laughs) This being made us. He's perfect. He is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Who do we think we're fooling? Because we're not fooling God. We're fooling ourselves. And it's about time we get our act together. Because God is coming very soon. Look around the world. Look around at the events happening right now. And look how quick everything is progressing. God says in the last days that such times will feel quick. Things will speed up. You see the internet, how fast it goes to see 5G's coming out. You see how the president is signing executive orders out the wazoo to ensure that the last president's legacy is totally wiped out within the first month of his own presidency. Things are moving so quick. They're moving rapid. They're going fast-paced. God said in the last days, stuff is going to heat up. It's gonna heat up quick. It's not. It's not gonna be a slow roast. You gotta wait for eight hours to cook the cook, to cook the bird. No, this is gonna be a fast. It's already cooked <laughs> within thirty minutes. It's not turkey. It's chicken. Right now, we're in this time uh, that it's it's just gonna it's gonna be coming at you quick. And Christians gotta be prepared because honestly, I feel like a lot of people are gonna get caught up in the rapture that people didn't think would be caught up in the rapture, and a lot of people who we thought were gonna be caught up in the rapture, actually ended up not being in the rapture, and actually stayed for the end times, which is a very scary thought. (laughs) Very scary thought. Uh, So I hope my prayer is that this message is received with open hearts, open minds, open ears, obviously. And again, this is not me saying this. This is God. God is speaking to His people, to His church, to His body, and saying He's had enough. He's had enough of the phoniness He's had enough of those who love religion. It's time to come to faith again. Faith in him again. To restore our faith in him again. To believe in his power and might and grace and mercy and justice in everything we do in our lives. We have to. Because without him, again, why are we even here? Why are we even doing this? Why are we even playing church? Right? We have to be fully committed. We have to have full faith in him. We are nothing without him. We have to constantly remind ourselves, and it's not a, not a negative thought. It's a, it's a realistic thought. It's a real thought. It is what it is. Oh, that's a very sad way to look at yourself, right? Oh, it's very low ego, very low self-esteem. I feel like that's very good (laughs) it shows you what humans are humans are trash for the most part we 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 stink (laughs) without god we're nothing without god we sin on a constant basis we're selfish we're greedy we're lustful we're envious we're murderers we're rapists it gets ugly folks without god it gets ugly without a standard from heaven guiding us it gets ugly and my prayer, my hope again, is that we receive this message with a loving passion for the truth, for his word, for his guidance, for his spirit, not from our own we we don't we don't need guidance from our own spirits anymore. We need guidance from the truth. That's why I call this the truth podcast. The truth will set us free. It's not some old hymn that you hear now, that that whole saying is not like a motto. It's just, it is what it is. That's actually biblical. The truth will set you free. Free from sin, free from the idea of sin, free from uh, a lifestyle of sin. Not going to say you're not going to sin, but you're not going to face life alone. And you shouldn't openly sin. You should not openly sin. You shouldn't just be brazen about it like, oh, I'm saved. Eh, We have a lot of that. I'm saved. Who cares? Hey, I'm just going to go to a confession tomorrow, right? I'm <laughs> just going to go to the altar tomorrow. It's all right. I can get, you know, I can sleep around. I can do drugs. I can go and have a promiscuous spirit. It's okay because on Sunday I could just, you know, it, it'll all go away all of a sudden. No. God wants you to be fully committed not just on Sundays, not on Saturdays, not on Mondays. He wants you all the time, all to him, because he's a very, it says he's a very jealous God. He hates it when the world uses idols and objects of any kind, of any kind. It could be a, a person or a thing, a place, whatever it is, anything that takes you away from God and you utilizing your time for him, in a, especially in a negative sense, and it's always a negative sense. You know, he's not gonna get mad at you for being you know, loving your wife. He's not gonna get mad at you for you know loving your kids, taking them out of the park. No, well, I'm saying it in a negative sense: being on your phone too much, being on social media so much, saying uh, things that don't represent him, making idols of people, replacing the time you would be having with God with negative people, with these you know quote unquote friends that get you doing things that are not of the will of God. God is a very jealous God. And that's where his wrath channels in, because he hates it when people mean his children harm, when the world means his children harm. And he sees the brother going in, and his children follow anyway. Folks, we gotta get out of that habit. We gotta get out of that habit of just going with the flow. Going along to get along. That time has passed. It's time to combat that spirit of deviousness and devilishness, its time has run out. The time for that playing around, gone. God has had enough. He's fed up and he will not stand for such injustice to be wrought upon his people, for his own people to turn against him in his own church and pervert it into something he never intended it to be. So my prayer and my faith is that, again, we receive this message with love, with hope, with promise, with peace, and with a good deal of patience, because it is tough to hear these messages. It's very tough to hear. Very tough to, you know, really hear from God sometimes and say, God, what do you want me to write about? And it's bam, it's this. These are not very easy messages, folks. (laughs) I mean, they're not. They're not tough. They're, They're very tough on the ears. As I'm, you know, doing my research and doing my study, I'm thinking, man, you know, people will be upset with me in the church. And God says, then if they'll be upset with you, they'll be upset with me because all you're doing is pointing out what I already had written in my book. So they shouldn't be mad at you because they'd be getting mad at me. And don't they serve me? So God is a very, obviously, is a very clever God. (laughs) God protects us and everything. So don't be afraid to go out and be a true Christian, to live out your faith. In fact, do it. That's why you're a Christian. That's why you're supposedly uh, working in that area of your life, spiritually speaking. That's why you're headed in in the direction that you supposedly are to the outside world. Truly, truly put an emphasis and a focus in that direction though. That's my prayer. And again, these are not just for you guys to hear out. I have to hear this out. God's talking to me too through these scriptures. God's speaking to me, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Who do you think you're fooling? Not very easy. But being a Christian isn't. And following the truth isn't. But it's the right thing to do. So, and who said said life was going to be easy, especially for Christians? So, again, you will have trial and tribulation in this world, but Fear not, for Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And I leave you guys with that. Go follow us on Facebook at Calvin. I'll leave us and go follow us on Instagram at I'll leave us Calvin again. I don't post on Instagram, so do not be looking for any pictures. But uh, go follow us. So, like go update. I'll, I'll go update. Date, ah, I'll go update my story right now. Sorry, I'm just you know fumbling over my own words. Um, go follow us also on Facebook. And with that said, I think I'll be done for the uh, for today for tonight anyway. And I'll be seeing you guys in a couple of, well, in a couple of days, I'm thinking. Well, whenever God lays another word into me, and then I'll relay it. But uh, till next time, this is Calvin Levis. and uh, I've got to be saying my own name. This is Calvin Levis signing off for The Truth Podcast. Again, go follow us on Facebook at Calvin Levis, and go follow us on Instagram at Olivas Calvin. And God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.